Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to the first off-season episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Yeah, we're all bummed that we're, we're talking about the off-season and not the World Series that I guess is starting in a day. I'm not even following baseball at this point because all I care about is your Los Angeles Dodgers. And we have a number of questions from the listeners today, so thank you very much. We're going to talk about some free agent rumors that are already popping up, maybe some trade scenarios, and then we're going to reflect back and hand out some grades to individual Dodgers players and give some thoughts how uh, we felt they did. So wanted to kick the show off with this first question because it is pretty relevant. And it comes from to Roscoe 94. Do you think the Dodgers are serious players for Aaron judge Jake Reiner? I'll pass that over to you. Well, it certainly seems like they're going to be interested in Aaron judge. Uh, if you believe the preliminary reports, although I, I don't really know how, well, I trust that because when it comes to Andrew Friedman and all those guys, they don't typically leak anything. So I don't know if that was just a kind of a play by Aaron judges representatives or whatever the case is, but yeah, if there's a big name free agent out there, of course, the Dodgers are at least going to kick the tires on Aaron judge. Um, although I did see another report that said that uh, San Francisco, no matter what, will not be outbid by the Yankees. And it won't be because they didn't pony up enough money if they don't end up getting Aaron Judge. So that's something to consider. But honestly, um, I, I don't know if I really I, I know this is crazy, but I don't even know if I really want Aaron Judge. Um, I just have not really seen much from him in the postseason especially this past postseason was pretty horrendous. And uh, yeah, David called it. It was like, that was the Yankees offense. Basically that was it. If he's not performing, then they're not going to perform. And that's why they got swept by Houston. So I don't know if we really would want to add another superstar of that level um, that, that can't really perform in the postseason. I, I don't know. It, it just, I, I don't love it, but obviously if they get him, I mean, you know, what's not to like about having Aaron judge on your team, but at first glance, I, I'm, I'm not loving it. I'm not buying the Aaron judge to Los Angeles rumors one bit. Like you kind of said, they'll check in on every big name free agent out there and they definitely need outfield help. Uh, we can talk about some other avenues in a little bit, but I think the asking price on what Aaron judge is going to 
demand is just too high. And I actually do believe that these Giants rumors are for real. And I think he is going to be in the NLS and be wearing a San Francisco Giants uniform. I, I feel like the Yankees have been kind of cowards with paying what he wanted and they, they kind of risked it for the biscuit and he ended up upping his value probably a hundred million. So that's where I stand. I think, uh, I think I'm good on the Aaron judge rumors. I don't think he's a great postseason performer either. And the 62 home runs in Yankee stadium, that's probably peak Aaron judge right there because Dodger stadium is a much different ballpark than Yankee stadium. So that's where I stand. I don't know about you, David Rosenthal. Yeah. So I, I agree with both of you. Uh, I don't buy these rumors as serious. I think the Dodgers will absolutely do their due diligence uh, as they always do. When any superstar hits the market, they will always check in on them and see what's, what the deal is. But no, this is, you know, I, I agree with what Kevin just said a lot. I, I don't think you're going to see Aaron judge have a season like this ever again in his career. Uh, he's a talented player. He has had trouble staying on the field. Uh, but I think this is absolutely peak Aaron judge. Uh, I'm not too into believing in postseason stats per se, but if you look at his, they're really, really bad. Uh, and again, I, I don't know which one of you just said it, but the Dodgers don't need another superstar. They don't, they need depth. They need proven hitters and they need a couple arms. They don't need, they have enough firepower at the top uh, with or without Trey Turner, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. That's enough. Uh, to build around. So I, I don't think it's legit. Uh, you know, if they want to throw an insane, you know, two year, $120 million offer at him. Sure. But, you know, I don't think they're going to go the, the, the lengths that the Yankees and the giants are going to go to, but I think the Yankees played themselves. I think they have no choice, but to sign him. And I think he stays. I just don't think that, that the Dodgers need to do anything drastic or overcorrect in any way to make this team better because they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're built for the long haul. They will make the playoffs one way or the other, whether it's by winning the division or getting in uh, on this new wild card format, they will make the playoffs. So that's not the issue. The issue is, is what we've seen every October is that for whatever reason, they just, the, the offense just dies. Um, and it's been that way the past two seasons. And we've seen, kind of two two avenues that this Dodgers team has gone down. The first one in 2021 where they were it was a dogfight till the end uh between the Dodgers and the Giants. They were absolutely gassed and that was sort of the excuse as to why they kind of fell flat in the NLCS. This year they coasted to an 111 win season. They got a buy in the in the in the wild card round. They had five extra days off. So they should have been well rested obviously and they still couldn't so I don't know what it's going to take, but I just don't think adding Aaron Judge is going to all of a sudden push them over the top of where they currently are. If you put stock into what Jerry Harrison was preaching just the other day, he claims that the Dodgers don't make in-game adjustment adjustments and they stick to one game plan no matter what. So basically, so basically what pitchers were doing against the Dodgers because there were a million scouts at all the September Dodgers games. Apparently they just do a reverse pitch of how they would attack them in the regular season. So if they throw a lot of fastballs during the regular season, then they do a lot of secondary pitches. I don't know how much stock you can put into that, but if that is the case, that's bad coaching right there because why should the Dodgers have one style of style of game plan in the postseason? That's how you get exploited. I know. And I wanted to bring that up too. I just, I don't understand if that is, if that is to be believed that they don't make in-game adjustments. What's going on? Like, 
these guys are, you know, the Dodgers are, are, are the, one of the smartest, if not the smartest organization in, in all of baseball in terms of their analytics and, and the numbers that they use and everything is game planned out and all of that. I don't understand when you obviously see something is not working. Why are you saying, oh, well, it'll work out eventually because this was our plan in the regular season and it worked out then. I don't get it. You got to make adjustments. You, you most certainly have to. I mean, if the, if, if the opposing team is making adjustments against you, then you have to counter that somehow. And, and I don't know, that, that doesn't make me feel very good that, that, that that's what, that is what happened in the playoffs. Isn't, isn't baseball is one of the most coinage terms. Baseball is a game of adjustments. Allegedly, yeah. you know, we don't know if that's the case or not. I tend to not buy that because of what you just said. Everything you just said is your own argument for that. That's not happening. The Dodgers are one of the smartest organizations in baseball. You think if they're, you know, shitting their pants for the first first four innings, then they they're not going to realize that their initial game plan is off, and they're not going to attempt to adjust it. Come on. Well, then how do you explain it? Explain what? Explain the fact that they that they weren't able to beat the freaking Padres. They were that was not a team that they because should have they didn't struggled. hit with runners in scoring position. That's well, it. I felt that during the regular season, they did an excellent job of moving runners over, not swinging for the fences. They moved they, runners over. They just didn't bring them in. Well, they moved runners over, manufactured runs during the regular season all year. What? What? Why was that okay, any different? Here, I'll tell you why. Because all year, you have 162 game sample size. Now, you didn't count that stretch in Pittsburgh. Did you in this, in this argument right now, remember when they got swept by Pittsburgh, they couldn't do anything with runners in scoring position, let alone anything that was in the regular season. That's what happened in the playoffs. They had one of those stretches at the worst possible time. That's it. It's that simple as a, as an overall body of work during the regular season. Yeah. They were awesome with runners in scoring position, but the benefit of that is you, you have 162 games to form your opinion and your memory of the Dodgers offense. When in a five game series, four game series in so, this case. So, you don't. so, so basically counter saying, that though, because the Dodgers played the pirates in like May and June, they didn't even really hit their stride at that point in the season. And all right, well, I mean, those I can, games, if those games were really do or die, do we think the pirates actually win those, win those games? I highly doubt it because I you, do. <laughs> I don't because even think Kershaw so, was pitching. So your, so your argument is that they just went cold at the yes, worst time. That's, yes. that's it. That's the yes. explanation. Yes, I, that, that's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for me either, but that's the reality and that's the truth. There's no other explanation. They didn't just abandon everything they know and just go rogue and just have it not work out. They went cold. They went ice cold. Well, I think that's the initial um, initial problem is that the Dodgers had one style of game plan, allegedly. And so when it got exploited, they didn't have a way to pivot and make adjustments. Well, that's a fair argument. If you're going to make that and you're going to, you know, go with that, then yeah, that's a fair argument. But the, the general failure was they went cold. They did. It was, it's the worst upset in Dodgers history. And, it was uh, horrific to watch because we all knew that that was the Achilles heel. We just, we all knew it. We all called it and to watch it play out the way that we feared that it could was just a, just pathetic. It's funny because there's actually a good uh, a good question or comment from Montant24, who also agrees we don't need superstars. We need our superstars to perform. Yep. He would say in the offseason, all we need is starting pitching 
and a shortstop. I'm going to disagree with the shortstop. I don't think we necessarily need a shortstop. I think the Dodgers need outfield help more than any position player right now. And I'll, I'll make a, I'll make the case why. We had Mookie Betts. That's it. And he went ice cold. Chris Taylor didn't show up. Cody Bellinger didn't show up. Trace Thompson didn't really show up. Joey Gal didn't even play. So we had one right fielder and then two automatic outs in center and left field. So I really need to see the Dodgers. Hopefully, you know, James Outman can make the adjustments, become an everyday major league player. Maybe that fills one hole, but they still need another outfielder. I don't think Chris Taylor at this point, you can trust him to be an everyday player. So I think left field, I could talk about it a little later. I think they need to sign a left fielder or trade for one. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I like his initial point of we don't need superstars. We need the superstars to perform. Great line. Which is actually, actually exactly what the Dodgers need in the playoffs. But I'm with Kevin. I, I think they need at least one outfielder from free agency, uh, whether that be center or left. I don't think it matters. Um, but they do need some outfield help. Gallo's going to be gone. Uh, so that opens up a spot. Outman, I would love to see get an opportunity to win a job. Uh, but I think you need at least one other outfielder to put on the roster for sure. Yeah, I, they're going to need two, to be honest. I, I think don't think so. Well, it depends if Cody Ballinger stays or goes. I think he's gone. I think Trace Thompson is also, I think he caught lightning in a bottle. He really fell off in September and the postseason. I would not bank on him to be a reliable player next season. They, I don't think they will. Yeah. So we need help. Uh, another question coming from Rolo H88, which Dodgers free agents are likely not coming back? I feel like we talked about this last episode, but we know Joe Gallo likely gone. Hanser Alberto's technically not a free agent, but he has a team option. Horrendous, complete <laughs> ass. He's gone. Um, obviously, the big one, Trey Turner, I want to save him for last. Tyler Anderson, going to be paid big time. He should be allowed to come back. I'm, I, I guarantee the Dodgers will throw him like that $20 million qualifying offer. Maybe he accepts it. Andrew Heaney is a good fallback candidate to plug in at the back end of your rotation. And then obviously, Clayton Kershaw, free agent makes it pretty apparent that he's going to come back for at least one more season. He's showing no signs of slowing down. Just the big question of, does he want to continue to live in Los Angeles? Or There's no question, Kevin. We've been over this. If he's coming back, it's, it's in a Dodgers uniform. Hopefully. There's Arlington only and Dallas ain't going anywhere. He can move there when he's done. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I would love to bring back Kershaw. I would love to bring back Tyler Anderson. I think Gallo and Alberto to two of the homies. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they're, I don't think they're coming back, but I think there's an interesting point there in terms of starting pitching, because I don't believe that starting pitching obviously was not a big factor as to why the Dodgers got, you know, taken out by the Padres. But I do believe that we need to find some more depth and some more workhorses that can go deeper into games. Because once you get to the postseason, you're, if you're, if you're starting pitchers going five innings or even six innings, the, the margin for error is it, it, it gets, it gets smaller when you keep running out relievers after reliever, after reliever, oh, yeah. you're, We've you're going to, since 2017, you're going to get a Tommy Canely in the worst spot when he pitches his absolute worst, you're going to get that because it's, it's a Russian roulette. When you're when you're bringing guys out of the pen, there are only a select few guys that you know guaranteed, i.e. Evan Phillips, that's going to get the job done every single time. 
But if you have a starter that goes deeper into games and if, and if Dodger and if Dave Roberts can trust his starter a little bit more, I think there, I think both things need to happen. They need to find guys that can go deeper into games. Obviously Kershaw could have gone deeper. Urias, not really that much. Tyler Anderson definitely could have gone longer than he did, but those guys need to go deeper into games because you don't want to have a situation where you need to rely on a ton of relievers to come in because chances are one of them is going to have an off night at the worst possible time. And that's what happened. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the Dodgers absolutely need to bring Tyler Anderson back. Um, I mean, even if you get Bobby Miller, Dustin May, Gavin Stone opportunities, you it's it's they've proven the last two seasons they you can never have enough starting pitching. You can't put yourself in a situation for the third straight year in the NLDS or NLCS where you have to basically throw a bullpen game yeah. because your only starter is is on a 40 pitch count and can't even get through the first inning. So what they need to do is they need to bring Tyler Anderson back, give him the qualifying offer. If he wants another year, tack it on. They have plenty of money coming off the books. And then you're going to have to give those, those three guys a legitimate shot. We know Dustin May is going to be pretty much uh, a lock, but uh, Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see Jacob DeGrom pitching for the Dodgers next season either. He has a team option for $30 million. He's almost certainly going to decline to get a, get a, a longer contract. And the last thing I'll say, another thing I would not be surprised to see Tony Gonsolin pitching for another team. I think they could capitalize on his first half, his best season in baseball, trade him for an outfielder or for a bat and, and find pitching elsewhere because he's, he was great in the first half, but I I don't think his value is going to get any higher. And I think they could capitalize uh, and put, put together some assets to get a legit outfielder or, or second base or shortstop or, or whatever you need to get. Uh, and get, and get a pitching help elsewhere. It all, he also can't stay on the field, which is a huge issue. Uh, it wasn't even this past year that he couldn't stay on the field, but in 2020, he couldn't stay on the field and uh, 21. I can't even remember if he pitched um, like th- they need, they need guys that are, that are a little well, more that's, reliable. That's like their entire rotation minus Urias. So yeah. I don't know no, what to say. No, yeah. that's what we're saying is you s- got to pack that starting rotation as much as possible. I'm, just, gotta- I'm saying like most of the league, it's very hard to find very few durable guys. So you could trade Gonsolin, sure, but Dustin May can't stay healthy. Clayton Kershaw well, can't one stay was healthy. A, Dustin May had a freak injury. Freak injury? He had yeah. Tommy John surgery. Then he hurt his back, which didn't allow him to pitch. Coming off this- Tommy John surgery. Next year, he's going to be good to go. You can say that all you want, but so far in his career, he has not proven that he's been healthy. I think he also went on the IL in his rookie year, 2020. Didn't he have a hamstring issue? I think so. But um, back to the back to the the Dodgers pitching issues. What I what I need to see them do in the offseason is find a guy that can guarantee at least six or seven innings in the postseason. Not because many I, of those anymore. I can't remember. That was Tyler Anderson. That's the that's well, they, my yeah. that was my point. Well, they didn't let him go that, and they didn't yeah. trust him. So they need to find someone they trust. And I can't. How do you not sta- trust? How do you not trust? If you can't trust well, Tyler Anderson, Dave Roberts is the manager. You? So you got to find someone Dave trusts. I'm sorry. It's we can trust him all he wants, but <laughs> it's Dave Roberts' team. So Andrew Freeman gave him the job. So my point is, I I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but it's. It's got to be like 80-something postseason games, and I think we're still in single digits for Dodgers starters that went into the sixth inning or threw over 100 pitches. It's something absolutely wild like that. 
So we did have a question from young Jeremy 18 and it was about Jacob deGrom. I'm on board with paying this guy. I don't care if he has issues staying healthy. He is the best pitcher on planet earth still. And even in the postseason against the Padres, I think he threw six solid innings, gave up maybe two runs, eight strikeouts. It's the only game they won. It's, it's the only game they won. If the Dodgers want to pay him a three-year, 40 million-ish AAV, something slightly better than what they gave Trevor Bauer, sign me up because they need they need that guy. That's why I wanted them to sign Trevor Bauer in the first place because I wanted that guaranteed guy to give them yeah. six to eight innings every time out, throw 100 pitches, say – I got this. I can give you 120 if needed. Empty the tank. Obviously, Bauer's an asshole, so that didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> and then Scherzer was kind of that guy until he decided to quit. But next man up, Jacob Degrom. So if the if the numbers make sense and the years make sense, let's go. I'm on board. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Castillo, Jason, also inside on Dodgers starting rotation, lack of urgency in the playoffs, especially manufacturing runs feel like we hit all those points i i want to see them add guys that can manufacture runs if you can get the sack make contact (laughs) at least put the ball in play exactly it was it was absurd um to roscoe 94 so the other the other free agent who i wanted to save last on purpose was trey turner we've been talking about him all year Looks like he's set up for an obvious big payday. I think we've had some differing views on what he'll get. I still think he's a $300 million shortstop. And personally, going to just reiterate, I do not want the Dodgers to pay him. I think it's time to move on. I warned everyone early on in the season, he's not a good defender. And his defense really cost the Dodgers big time in the postseason. Um, hitting did it, wide, though? Yes. Yeah, did it, it did. It did. I don't think are it you, did. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Do you, do you remember game two, David? I do, but that didn't lead to anything. Yes, it did. Which, it, remind me, remind me. Bruce Dargrado was on the mound, right, Kevin? Yes. Right. And that error uh, extended the inning, and he ended up giving up a run because of it. Okay. And then we right, ended up right. losing that game. I rescind my statement. Let me pause it right here to tell you guys about TickPick. If you're looking to get a great deal on tickets to sporting events like NFL, basketball, Lakers are back, Clippers, NFL Chargers, Rams, or you're looking to go to a concert, maybe you want to see the 1975 Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, or great deals just at Broadway shows over at like the Pantages, Amundsen, TickPick is the spot for you because you download that app, you go to TickPick.com, you're going to see a price and that's what you're paying because they don't have service fees. None of that hidden bullshit right there. And if you download the app and are a first-time purchaser, you can save 10 bucks on a first-time purchase of $49 or more by using the promo code INCLINE, all caps. That's promo code INCLINE, all caps, over at TickPick to get no service fees. You get a great deal, and you'll go to your favorite show. So, yeah, I mean, Trey Turner... You look at his numbers, it was like, okay, yeah, he hit 333 or whatever. He had two home runs, but they were both solo home runs. But those were kind of meaningless. I mean, one of them was off Mike Clevenger and the Dodgers were going to Meaningless, win that. dude. Come on. In in big picture versus a lot of the big critical opportunities, those were some of the lowest leverage spots. Like a first inning home run, give me a break. He was up there numerous times. Dodgers needed that run to get the lead or tie it. I or, mean, or, or extend the lead or, or yeah, you can ex- extend the lead, but game two, he had the air, but he also had that opportunity with Mookie bets on third base, less than two outs and he choked. So 
still Look. didn't do enough for me in the playoffs. And I think the Dodgers can find a man to replace him internally. Maybe it's Gavin Lux or they go externally. There's plenty of options. He's here's not- what I think. Here, here's the thing with Trey Turner all, all season. All, and I'll say this because I've switched my opinion on him because all season I was saying, let's let's extend Trey. He's been great. Uh, great regular season bat, um, unbelievable athleticism, got a lot of speed, although that kind of took a downturn this year in terms of stolen bases. Um, but what I've seen the past two seasons in the postseason, I'm out. I- I'm out. Um, the, historically, Trey Turner has been a bad postseason bat. Um, in 43 games, he is hitting 238. He's got a 279 on base percentage, a 614 OPS. He only has three home runs and eight RBIs. It really just, I don't know what happens, but that's a big enough sample size to me to look and say, you know what? He just isn't that guy and we needed him to be. And as much as I loved during the regular season, Mookie, Trey, and Freddie, that was a great big three. And I, and I loved seeing that together. I wish that would have carried the Dodgers in the postseason like we kind of expected it to, but it didn't. The only guy that really showed up when it counted was Freddie Freeman. So for me, Trey Turner with the bat, with the glove. And these are not like, you know, tough plays in the hole or like, you know, a a hot shot right to him or like a bad bounce or whatever. Like these were routine plays. These are plays a shortstop needs to make every single time. And especially in the postseason, um, you know, it can change the game. It can lose you a game. So to me that I just didn't see that urgency and I didn't see him step up when the, when the moment called for it, I don't want that on my team. I I would like to see him back. Um, like I said, I vehemently disagree with that. There's, you know, the postseason stat narrative, you know, there's, there's very few and there are some select guys who are postseason studs, no matter what they're going to come through in the postseason. for the rest of them. I think it's just a complete crapshoot. I think it's, it doesn't really, dictate if they're good or bad in in 20 games in 40 at bats i I don't think that's a fair sample size and i don't i don't necessarily think that players should be judged on their postseason stats um why not how else how else are you going to judge them you're going to judge them just on the regular season that's it that's the only primarily yes but that's the only way we can evaluate a player you can evaluate them in the postseason but that doesn't mean that's not going to dictate his, his future postseasons, whereas his regular season stats are probably going to dictate his future regular season stats. But in the postseason, you can't really hold that that narrative true. It's it's a complete crapshoot when you get to, to me, the postseason. I, to me, I look at it this way. Trey Turner, you don't need him to win the division. You don't need him to make the playoffs. Other than that, what are you using him for? If he was a solid, if he was, if he was Dansby Swanson with the glove, I would have been like, great. He's a solid citizen at shortstop. I think the just defense wasn't. thing is getting blown out of proportion. I really do. He did not have a phenomenal year with the David. Glove, come on, I don't, dude. I don't if, think he's a bad defender. I bro, really if, don't. If Corey Seager did what Trey Turner did in this postseason, what would you be saying right now? I mean, Off Corey Seager. Corey Seager was 
a legit bad defender. Like Trey Turner is legit bad. <laughs> no, no, yes, yes he, he is. No, first of all, I really both not good. So. I really don't think. So. First of all, oh my god, we, dude. First of all, <laughs> Trey Turner was awful at second base last season. But well, I was gonna give him. Position. I was gonna give him a pass because it wasn't his everyday position. So I gave I gave him a clean slate. And at shortstop, he had 16 errors. He had another two or three in the postseason. His outs above average and his defensive run saves were in the negatives. Uh, Corey Seager, on the other hand, he had like an 84 out of 100 outs above replacement, but that All doesn't right. even Look, matter. We're, I, I, we're talking I acknowledge to, that this season was bad for him. And I'm going to give you, what if I give you like, okay, let's not judge him on his stats in the postseason. What if I judge him on his character and his lack of urgency? Because I didn't see any urgency coming from him one bit. He I looked, didn't see any, any urgency from anybody on the Dodgers. Not okay. one player, not one. Okay, but that Trey Turner is a free agent. He's not under contract. So what's the argument to bring him back? He was arguably your best offensive player in the regular season. Well, he wasn't in the postseason. He didn't show urgency. I didn't see him try to fire up his teammates. He looked like this was just a regular spring training or April game. Like he doesn't look excited to be That's the in the October team, race. That's unfair to just say that about. Well, no, you're right. You're right. It is. It is. Most of the team is that is that way. But but if but if you're evaluating a player and what he means to your organization and your franchise, which the ultimate goal of this franchise is to win World Series, and that's it. You, are you going to are you gonna cough up $300 million or close to that to bring that player back? I mean, that's, that's what they ha- I agree. That's what they have to decide. And I don't think they need him. I'm, I'm, I'm making that's that clear. That, that is my point. That, that was my whole him. point. They don't but, need him. But, they don't need him to make the playoffs. They need him to put them in the World Series. That's what they need him for. Well, they only gave he's only had two chances to do that. Okay. So if you have him on your team, there's no saying that he won't single handedly carry you to a World Series. Don't need him to single handedly and need him to produce. We need him to produce something. Well, he can't produce for you if you don't sign him. So you're never going to find out if you don't see him. If you don't sign those, these last two postseasons were some of the best Dodgers opportunities to get back into the World Series. I mean, a Padres and then the Phillies, and you can't even get past that. Come on, it's only going to get harder, probably. So, bye, Trey. Enjoy Miami. That's going. I'm going to leave. He's not going to the Marlins. Oh my God, that would be such a bad move for him career-wise. He doesn't care. They just want the money. Um, good question from Richard Aller too. Should the Dodgers consider bringing back Jock Peterson? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Bring back Jock. I don't care. I don't care what he looks like. Bring him back. That dude can hit. He can hit homers. That's what, you know, like lightning in a bottle. That's what we needed. That's what we thought we were getting with, with Joey Gallo. Like I know, no, that's what you thought you were getting with Joey. Gallo. I did not think that the Dodgers thought they were getting that with him. Well, I I just want it on record that I never thought that. Well, okay, but but my point is, is that that was what the role was for him. And we know Jock Peterson can do that. And we've seen him. I know you don't like postseason stats, but you have touted Peterson's ability to hit in the postseason before. So that does matter. And he does rise to the moment. And he's got that energy that we need. And look, when I when I make my argument for the postseason stat thing, I'm not completely negating people who have hit in the postseason. I'm just saying that can that whole script of someone being bad or good in the postseason can be flipped in one series. I mean, we saw it with AJ Pollock from 2020 uh, to 2021. Okay, yeah, so you're right. It's it's a small sample size. You're uh, right. I don't but- think it's the end all be all. But with with guys like a Derek Jeter, 
or, you know, a, a lighter version, obviously not the same level. Jock Peterson, who's done it in pretty much every single postseason he's been in. Well, what's that, the di- that does matter. What's the difference between A.J. Pollock and Jock Peterson versus a Trey Turner? Where A.J. Pollock and Jock Peterson, you're not counting on them to be the guy. If they are the guy, that's great. I'm with great. you on that. I'm with you on that. Trey Turner, you needed him to be the guy. I'm with you on that. Uh, okay. I feel like we have everything. Uh, one other question from two Roscoe 94. Are the Dodgers going to trust Gavin Lux's arm at shortstop? Well, we'll just, we'll have to wait on that one. He's graded. He's graded out to not have. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks. You hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply good arm at at all it's kind of weak but i mean he's got the speed in the range so i don't know it's going to be an interesting offseason i think the dodgers are going to explore a number of avenues among the shortstop position i wouldn't stress too much about that i think we've already hit the hit the points that pitching outfield and just team overall depth are where they're going to focus no more of this stars because clearly it's not working they had a number of mvps and all-stars in 2021 and 2022 wasn't good enough. So I think that covers all the fan questions. Is there anything you guys want to add real quick before we move on to the other subject? How do we feel about, cause I know, you know, yes, we could trust Gavin Lux at shortstop. Um, that's definitely a possibility and that they're going to weigh. But if we were going to go the route of signing a free agent shortstop, who would you guys go with? I mean, the, I mean, the best name out there is Carlos Correa, but if he wants 300 million, I'm not going to do that either. He's not getting, he's not million. getting 300. He, he uh, to me, it is Carlos Correa that, I mean, it's his agent Boris. Yeah. Yeah. But let's put that aside for a second. Like if you're, if you're going for a player, he's got 18 postseason home runs. He's got an 849 OPS in the postseason. He, he is, he rises to the occasion. He's got that will to win. He's got an attitude. He's a he's an asshole. He's a major asshole, and I love that. I I you know I'm I I we're 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 far removed from the whole cheating scandal. Whatever you know that sucked. I think the Dodgers still should have won that series regardless. But anyway, 
we're past that now. And Carlos Correa is a, is a game changer for your, your team. And when you need him the most, the only drawback I think for him is that he has had struggles staying on the field and be, you know, and staying healthy. So there is that, but in terms of what's out there, it goes Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, and then uh, Xander Bogarts for me. Uh, you know, if they don't bring Turner back, Correa would be my number one choice for sure. Uh, I think the attitude would bring a new vibe in the clubhouse and there's going to be fans and listeners and probably even a couple Dodgers who would be against it. Um, but clearly something needs to change. Uh, this is at the end of the day, a business and these past two years, the Dodgers have looked stale, boring, deflated, and haven't executed in the playoffs. And that guy is someone who's going to be able to get up for these games, uh, bring some attitude, bring some passion. Uh, so if you're looking at, you know, 170 million for him, I think that's the no brainer. I wish it was that cheap. It's going to be at least two. Well, he didn't get shit last off season and every team had a chance to sign. Yeah, but he declined, I think close to $300 million and got greedy. So I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bank on him getting 300. And also he I think did 200 not, is fair. He did not have a great season. No, I he mean, did he, not. He had an okay season. He had 22 homers, 64 RBIs and 834 OPS. That's good, but it's not, you know, $300 million worth. Yeah. And and to me, and to me the only the the only reason why I would go I would go with Dansby Swanson in that mix is because I'm out on him. He's had two really good seasons back to back offensively, but defensively he is a stud. And that to me speaks volumes. Defense and pitching wins championships. As you've seen, you need a little bit of offense too. But if you want to go away from the Dodgers always signing stars, he's sort of that kind of second tier star. That's not, you're, you're not counting on him to drive in all the runs, but Boy, to have to have a solid guy at shortstop like that is is key. I think the best defensive shortstop. He's a right. monster. He, had, I think, he had a twenty outs above average or something. He's insane. Like nothing gets by him. I think I was reading his market value is about 140, 170 million. I, I I'd be comfortable with that. Right-handed bat can hit lefties. I don't know if he'll have the same power production, but as long as the gloves there, I'm good. You guys are over. You're going to pay $150 million for a plus average defender at shortstop. If the offense isn't there, why don't you just sign Jose Iglesias for 5 million? Well, because, because Dansby Swanson does have a bat. It's not like he doesn't have a bat. Jose Iglesias hit 300 this year. Who cares? What team did he play for? Doesn't matter. He hit 300. No. What team did he play for? Doesn't matter. Why does that matter? (laughs) He won't say, okay. He played for the Colorado Rockies. It doesn't matter. Big up. That's a big boost right there. It def- absolutely does matter. Dansby Swan- Swanson. Prove that narrative wrong. Dansby Swanson. Well. Dansby Swanson. Superstar. Dansby Swanson's a champion. He's a dog. He's a great defender. He's got a good stick. Is he a dog? Is he? Yes. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why have is you he watched a dog? It? Have you watched him play? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I I've never seen dog. <laughs> got that dog in him. What's whatever the, bro he, he he's a winner what's the vander what is the vanderbilt mascot is it commodores like some, it's like a bird it's commodores okay it's not a so, bird not a roommates dog. with walker bueller former teammates with freddie freeman and fit right in 
Oh God. <laughs> no, just another of the same type of player. We keep signing just another one, the same guy that we have in the clubhouse. Like we need to mix it up. I agree. That's why my first choice would be Carlos Correa. Me too. I couldn't imagine saying that a few years ago. I know but... it's crazy, but that's where we are. Almost the entire 2017 team is gone at this point. So it's not going to even matter internally. Uh, real quick, then we'll, we'll do uh, the other segment from where'd it go. Also, Tim Anderson is an option. Yeah. If, I don't, I don't want him. I don't either. Wait, but he's, he's wait, an do you, wait, before we go to the next thing, do you want to start a new meeting? Cause uh, this running, will be, this law. will be real quick. If I can just find the freaking question, but if it cuts out, then yeah, we'll do a new meeting. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. That's why Scott underscore Veach. What will it take for the Dodgers to retire the number 34? Um, to be honest, I wasn't alive when Fernando pitched, so I missed the entire Fernando mania. Uh, he's not a Hall of Fame player, but I know that his impact on the Los Angeles culture was big time. Um, so I don't really have an opinion on retiring 34. I don't know if any of you feel more strongly about that. Well, yeah, it's I mean, kind of it's kind of an it's kind of honorary that it's been retired. No one's worn it. Yeah. But I would I mean, do it 100%. Yeah, I just do it. Like, I understand they have the rule of, like, you got to be in the Hall of Fame, but, like, I think they should make an exception for him. They didn't let Manny Ramirez have it, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Last question, almost missed it, coming from Buff Raven 401 Give me one dark horse candidate that you would like to see the Dodgers trade for. Oh. guess I'll go first since I have, have one guy at least. If he's a buy-low candidate... I would like to see the Dodgers take a swing at either Eloy Jimenez or Luis Robert, but preferably I think Jimenez would have a lower value in 2021. He only played 55 games, 2022 only played 84 games. He's had some injury issues, but he's a career 276 header, 327 on base, but a lot of raw power, 831 OPS. Um, I think he's the perfect DH left field combo guy and he's a right-handed bat that crushes lefties. So uh, maybe the Dodgers call up the White Sox again and actually do a trade that makes sense this time. <laughs> yeah, I like those two. I like those two picks, although the both of them are injury prone. So that's something, but they're both great talents if they can stay healthy. Um, I saw another name kind of floating around there that that kind of intrigued me if, if it's right is Willie Adamas. Mm-hmm. Um um, I like, I like him. Uh, I think he, I think he's proven, um, the past couple seasons with the brewers that he's got a pretty potent bat as well as he's, he's a great defender. So, um, if, if the Dodgers don't end up signing a big time free agent shortstop, that would be great. And it also kind of tells you where they, how they feel about Gavin Lux and giving him the keys to, to shortstop. But to be honest, I, 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 I'd prefer him to just stay at second base. I mean, he's, he's fine there. And, and I think that there, there are better options, certainly defensively at shortstop that they can get. So I'm not saying I, I necessarily want this to happen, but I could see them trading for like a under the radar outfielder, like a Max Kepler from Minnesota or uh, exciting outfielder like Ramon Laureano from Oakland, uh, who was finished. I think he's finished serving his steroid suspension. Uh, he got yeah, traded. He, he played. Did he? Oh. Is he back? I yeah. Ramon Laureano's on. Oh, I guess he's still. He's still on, on the ace. I don't think they traded him. Okay. No, he came. He, he came. Back. He came back and played. 
Yeah, I could see something like that. Uh, but Super Dark Horse, which you can't rule out because they're going to be changing ownerships, is Shohei Otani. That would not be a Dark Horse. That would probably be the biggest explosion ever. Well, but... I just, I'm saying Dark Horse because I don't think anybody thinks he's going to be traded right now. I don't know what rumors you've been reading. He's definitely one of the highest touted trade chips out there. I just like, if you're an owner, like, why would you trade that guy? Like a new owner, like you're going to buy the team and trade like that because guy? he said he's leaving. Well, you try to mend things first. There was even an article going to the extent that he might just go to Japan altogether. Cause the angels are just acidine and don't know what they're doing. What does uh chief Shohei Otani correspondent Ben Verlander have to say on it? Otani whisperer. Yeah. Jap- small right, Japanese we don't need to- children crying. We don't need to talk about him again. <laughs> All right, Dodgers grades times. So let's start with the big three. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go. Uh, are we doing all three at once? Yeah. yeah. All right, Freddie Freeman, A+. Couldn't ask for anything better. It's it's rare to get a, a signing like that to instantly pay dividends. It did. Uh, Trey Turner, I'm giving an A. I think he had a phenomenal season. Unfortunate postseason, but overall phenomenal season and Mookie Betts. I'm going to give a B. Uh, I think he had a kind of a rough stretch for a while. I think he had two hot months and the rest was kind of iffy, but I mean, he did, he did hit 35 home runs brutal in the postseason. So I I expect more because of what I, because of what I believe in him to be one of the best players in baseball. Yeah. For me, Freddie Freeman's an A plus all around. You couldn't ask for anything more, not only with the bat, but with the glove too. He was just so solid over there. Um, and, and came through when it counted most. And he got that big hit in the uh, final playoff game, which uh, should should have uh, pushed it to a game five. Um, Trey Turner, uh, I would I would give him an A minus um, just the this just the defense and also just the the speed uh, kind of declined there a little bit. But honestly, offensively, he was a beast. Um, and, and had a ton of hits and he was a huge reason why the Dodgers, uh, were the best team in baseball during the regular season. Uh, Mookie Betts. Yeah. B plus a minus slash. I, I kind of agree with David. Like it just, it just wasn't overall the, the, the season that you'd want from a guy that you're paying that much money for. Um, and then once again, uh, in, in the, uh, in the playoffs, um, he had a good NLDS in 2021, but other, but outside of that, over the past two years, it's not really been that impressive. Freddie Freeman, I gave an A plus. Dude hit 341 on the road. He hit 391 with a thousand OPS with runners in scoring position. Just came through every given time. Y'all tripping? I gave Mookie Betts an A minus. Finished with an 873 OPS, a 6.6. I said I said B plus yeah, A minus. Yeah, but you said he didn't really have the season you would want given you paid him. He didn't have the postseason you wanted, but his regular season was exceptional. He it was had a two six months. 6.6 war. He had a two. He finished with a 272 uh, batting average. It looks like, yeah, 117 runs scored, 144 weighted run, weighted run created. I'll take that. Uh, Trey Turner, I gave a B plus. 16 airs, 27 steals was a career low in a full season. Uh, 809 OPS not that great in the postseason. Uh, if he had a better defensive resume, yeah, he'd be an A player, but the defense cost us. Uh, the next tier would be Will Smith, Max Muncie, and Justin Turner. All right, Will Smith. Um, I'd give Will Smith an A. Um, I think that he solidified himself as the surefire number four hitter in the lineup. 
for, for a couple of stretches there, the Dodgers did have a big four. Um, so I, I was, I was impressed with also his, um, ability to handle the pitching staff. Clayton Kershaw obviously trusted him a lot more this season than in seasons past because he caught Kershaw as opposed to just having Austin Barnes do it. Um, I thought his pitch framing was a lot better. Um, but yeah, the, the, the postseason he, he just kind of disappeared. Um, Max Muncy, I would, uh, also give an a, just the bounce back season that he had, um, after, uh, after getting injured at the end of 2021, I felt that, you know, I gave, I cut him a lot of slack uh, during the first part of the season. And then he actually turned it around and he, he didn't do too terrible in the postseason. He had a, he had a couple of uh, good at bats, although that, that one at bat in game four really was, uh, was brutal when he struck out with second and third and le- and, and one out um, Justin Turner, it pains me, but um, it, it's, it's a kind of a cross between a C and a B um, he, he did turn it around in the second half. Um, uh, but that was pretty much it. Uh, the first half was just brutal. Um, and the postseason was just awful too. Will Smith, uh, I'm going to give an a minus. I think he had a phenomenal season. Uh, was Muncie the second one? Yeah. Muncie. I, I kind of want to do like first half, second half grades. Um, first half is an F and second half is an a plus. Uh, I think we saw the resurgence of Max Muncy uh, after that torrid, horrid uh, first half. So I'll split the difference. I'll give him a B. And I'm going to give Justin Turner a B as well. Because if you look at his overall stats uh, from the regular season, he had 278 with 81 RBIs and 13 home runs. So he was fine. He was solid in the regular season. But as we saw in the postseason, two postseasons in a row, he just he just can't catch up to that, that fastball anymore. And that's what you see in the playoffs. You see pitchers turning it up a notch. So a B out of respect. Gave Will Smith a B plus. Not a good postseason hitter. Continues to struggle. 204 lifetime average, 288 on base, 654 OPS. Defensively, he was great this season. He had a seven defensive runs saved, 260 hitter, 24 home runs, 87 RBIs. I do not want to see him be the cleanup hitter, though, next season for the Dodgers because that was a train wreck in the postseason. Max Muncy, I gave him a C, kind of on the same logic as David. Hit 164 in the first half, but then had a 791 OPS in the second half. Finished with 21 home runs. So I averaged that one out. And then Justin Turner, I gave him a C as well. Almost made me look like a fool with his second half resurgence, but I was saying all along, like, I don't trust his age and I don't trust him to keep up with fastballs and to come through in the postseason. And he kind of pulled a Russell Westbrook on us, padding his stats, but when it mattered most, he was a colossal train wreck. So he had a yeah, the points. yeah the the middle middle fastballs that he missed, just just awful. Yeah, so he had a two point four WAR, which is actually surprising given how bad he started with. But that was his worst as a Dodger. Um, the next tier will go with Gavin Lux, Cody Bellinger, Trace Thompson, and I think that that'll conclude the position players. Go ahead, David. Uh, Lux, I'm going to give an A minus. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him for the first five or six months of the season. Uh, like we've talked about, aside from the big three, the first half, the first three months of the season, he was the only one producing from that nine hole. He was getting on base. I think we saw him prove himself that he belongs in, ba- in, in major league baseball and he belongs in a starting role. So I'm going to give him an A minus, uh, unfortunate injury for him kind of, kind of tailed him off towards the end there. Cody Bellinger, 
Uh, you, you know, I, I'm just going to do a C minus. Uh, it could be worse, honestly. Uh, I didn't see pretty much anything from him all year. He had a couple, maybe two week stretch there where we thought he was coming back. And just he had like a, he had off. like an NL player of the week once. Yeah. I he think. had a week or two in there where he looked back, but never really came back. Uh, and then Trace Thompson, I'll give a, a B solid. I skipped you know. Chris Taylor. You can add him too. Chris Taylor. I'm giving an F. That was that was the worst season I've seen from Chris Taylor. Uh, I don't think he did anything of note this season. And he, yes, he was hurt. Uh, but coming off that contract, uh, you know, if he was not, if he hadn't just signed that contract, I would give him a C. Uh, but because of the contract, I'm gonna give him an F. Gavin Lux, uh, I'm gonna give a, a B plus uh, because of what David described about how he kind of he carried that offense in in the first half coming out of the nine hole when no one else in the middle of that order was hitting. So I respect him for that. Um, I'd like him to stay a little healthier. I mean, Jesus, we, he needs to stay on the field because he is, he's an an impact bat. He's electric uh, with uh, his ability to uh, come through in, uh, in clutch situations, but also his speed is elite. Um, I would like to see a little bit cleaned up on the defensive end too. So that's why he gets, he gets a B plus for me. Um, I'm giving Trace Thompson an A. And the reason is, is because we expected literally nothing from him. Um, coming back uh, to the Dodgers, I, I was kind of confused as to why we, why his, wh- why we were even discussing him, uh, of bringing him back. But cash considerations, you know, it was one of these, you know, Friedman diamond in the rough again. Um, and he was electric. Uh, not, not, he didn't just hit, hit well. He came through in big spots, a lot mm-hmm. of three run home runs in clutch spots uh, for the Dodgers. So I give him an A because nobody expected anything out of him. Uh, Chris Taylor, uh, it, it, it's an F for me. Um, it, it was the, the strikeouts. I mean, we know that he strikes out a lot, but God, it was brutal. It was an, it was almost an automatic out, um, you know, and I think slightly above him was Cody Bellinger, um, nearly an automatic out too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll, I'm giving Cody Bellinger like a D um, because, dude, w- come on. We, it, it, it's enough already. You know, we, we I don't know. Obviously, we can't ex- at this point expect him to get back to that 2019 first half where he absolutely owned. Um, but something between atrocious and that I would have taken. I would have taken 2018 Cody Bellinger at this point. Same. Same, or even 2017, um, well, rookie of the okay. year. That, well, yeah. Well, that's pushing it. Don't push right, it but there, any buddy. anything, <laughs> anything, but anything in the middle of atrocious and MVP, I would have taken, and we and we didn't get, we didn't quite get to the middle on there. Um, and, and and yeah, it, it just, but his defense is great. So I mean, there's that, but yeah, that's those are my grades for them. I knew Gavin Lux was going to be your guys's teacher's pet. Uh, I gave him a B minus. He did have an, a phenomenal first. Half I gave him a B plus. That's not that much different. That's that's almost an A. But <laughs> I'm gonna let me let me tell you. Contrary to what Jake's fake news is, he was not clutch this season. He only hit 241 with runners in scoring position. Position had a 657 OPS in the second half. He hit 248, 680 OPS. But in that first half, he was great. He hit 300. He was carrying that nine hole but the defense was kind of hit or miss, not as bad as it might've seen, but there were some definitely routine plays that he blew had that big walk-off hit. That was nice in that game where he had the air that cost them the lead, but then walked it off against the Phillies. So B minus I'm still not impressed because he was touted to be such a power hitter 
like a 70 grade and he had six home runs this season like six home runs Juan Pierre can almost match that Cody Ballinger gave him a D Chris Taylor gave him a D Trace Thompson gave him Trace Thompson gave him a B and honorable mention to Austin Barnes a dude was just (laughs) solid Austin Barnes is what he is Austin Barnes was like a 667 hitter in the postseason. Pitching wise, the starting <laughs> rotation, we got Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, and Tony Gonsolin. I'm excluding Dustin May because he was a non-factor this season. Well, for 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 Kershaw, Urias, and Anderson, all A's. Um just you know Kershaw, yeah, but like I, I give, I got, I cut him some slack for for his age, but when he was on the mound, nobody could touch him. Um, so I give all those guys A's. Um, Andrew Haney, B plus. Um, he was good when he was on the mound, but he can't stay healthy for whatever reason. It's it is just maddening. Um, but he he balled out in the postseason. Uh, in that in that one outing he had, that was that was great. I mean, he gave up his his token solo home run. But other than that, he was great and and gave the Dodgers a chance to win. They lost two to one in that freaking game. So there's that. So I'll give him a B plus. Uh, and then Tony Gonsolin, I'm also going to give a B plus ish. I thought that his first half was great. Obviously he was an all-star. Um, he really blew it on the stage on the big stage though. Uh, not in the all-star game and also in the postseason. Yeah. Um, just can't stay healthy. I don't know what it is, um, but he's a good pitcher, but he's just not a big time. He's not, he's not a big game pitcher. Yeah. Tyler Anderson and Julio Arias. I'm giving a pluses. You can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, Kershaw, I'm going to give an a uh, strictly because he only started 24 games, uh, 22 games, Tony Gonsolin. I'm going to give a B plus uh, strictly for his first half. Uh, I mean, he was electric in the first half and then kind of just tailed off and got hurt and couldn't really do anything in the postseason. Andrew Heaney, I'm going to give a B minus. Uh, couldn't really stay on the field. Gave up too many home runs. Solid. Gonsolin and Heaney were B pluses for me. Kershaw, A minus. Tyler Anderson, A plus. I mean, they paid him $8.5 million and he was like a top five pitcher statistically in the National League. And Julio Urias, I gave it A. Just going to run it with that. The only knock on Urias is he just can't really pitch deep. It was like five innings every time out. I know part of that was Dave Roberts controlling him. But if you want to be the ace and the Cy Young winner, you got to be like Sandy Alcantara and do the, the seven, eight inning outings from now, every now and then. He did. Bull- Not often. Bullpen, I don't really – this is kind of a free You want to just give an overall grade for the bullpen? So I wanted to exclude Craig Kimbrell. I think he's the only F I'm handing out. It was one of the worst Dodgers relievers I'd seen in a long time. It was brutal. It wasn't credit, that bad, dude. Craig, credit. It was, dude. So <laughs> was not that bad. It was, it, it was because the Dodgers are running up the score on everyone. So he the blew save five saves. He saved five saves. He blew five saves. He had six losses. So I'm giving credit <laughs> to Craig Kimbrell because if the Dodgers didn't have the six seven, losses actually. because of him. He had seven. Okay. Doesn't matter. The point is. We didn't have those six or seven losses. The Dodgers would have been a 117-118 win team. They would have had the best record ever, and they would have lost in the first round. That would have been the most embarrassing thing that we'd have to live with for the rest of our lives. So at least 111, they're going to forget about that in a year or two. I don't want to be it's, the Seattle Mariners. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, yeah, I would. I, I, I would, the bullpen, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a for everyone else. Oh, yeah. A plus for the bullpen. Uh, given the injuries to Trinan, uh, Daniel Hudson died. Um, uh, they didn't have Tommy Canely for a full season. Craig Kimbrell was just a train wreck every time out. Um, Not so, every time out. Dude, come on. <laughs> you can't. You, you can't. Did he have like three clean innings the entire dude, season? It was, it was, even the saves that he got were hard to watch. <laughs> so to me, A plus for that bullpen. Uh, um, the two years in a row, the Dodgers have wasted an elite bullpen, which kind of bothers me. Um, and again, uh, second year in a row, they didn't trust their. Dave Roberts did not trust his horses uh, and the horses that got him there and that could have gotten them to a game five in the NLDS. So I, I give the bullpen an A plus they were, they were just awesome all season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, only thing I have to say is whatever grade is above a plus, you got to give to Evan Phillips and Yancy Almonte. hundred percent, especially Evan Phillips. I, I think Evan Phillips is, is above Yancy Almonte because Almonte yeah. was hurt. And the yeah, volume Almonte pitched... blew the save. Well in the playoffs sure, but I mean that, you know, he came in with traffic. So you can't, you can't well, as I honestly, learned, you, honestly, you can't put anyone above Evan Phillips. The guy was every yeah, time out, every time out. I don't remember one bad outing he had. It I'm was, so sad. I have three of the best Evan Phillips poems just in my draft that I didn't get to use. Could have, dude, if, if Dave Roberts had put him in instead of Almonte in that situation, we may have been able to use one. It would have been poems. the most electric poetry of all time i would have given an oscar winning performance i mean i'm gonna I'm guess i guess i'll just save them for next year they're too good to like not use yeah so these are kind of like my final thoughts and then you guys can share whatever else you wanted to cover real quick so i talked about they need an outfielder outfielders they need starting pitching the one thing i actually did forget to mention is the dodgers need to sign or trade for a closer and a lot of people are going to say oh you can't pay all that money for relievers. They're too volatile. Well, what I've come to accept is that if you're going to have a Dave Roberts team, he needs to have a closer he can trust because he's incapable of going on long postseason runs unless he has a closer. I saw that with Kenley Jansen in 2019. He tried to make Kershaw their closer, basically. I saw that with Julio Arias, or sorry, I saw that with in this year. I saw that with Evan Phillips. He tried to make him the closer. That's why he didn't pitch when they needed him most in that seventh inning of game five. Um, that was they, literally the only game he did that. Uh, I, no, at no other point during the season did, was Evan Phillips the closer. And it's yeah, frustrating because he said in the most was, important game of the, of the season, he decides, oh, he's the closer scripted. now. It was, and it's frustrating because it was scripted. So they were going to go with Phillips no matter what in the ninth, apparently. So my rationale here is we saw them trade for Kimbrel last second. Clearly there's a pattern here where Dave feels like he needs to have that established ninth inning guy. So Edwin Diaz is on the market. I don't know exactly what his price is yet, but I imagine it's probably somewhere between 16 to 20 million annually. Sign me up because what's going to happen here is if the Dodgers don't have a closer, they trust 
they're going to go closer by committee. And by default, it's probably going to be Evan Phillips is now your closer. So you're going to lose your fireman because he's going to be always using him in the ninth inning. So I'd rather have Evan Phillips available for all high leverage situations as opposed to the ninth. So if you have Diaz, who's pretty locked down as is, just pay the man, make it easier on our lives. Making Dave Roberts have less decisions is beneficial for the Dodgers. So if you know that the ninth inning is covered, just do it. It it kind of it's kind of sucks, but I agree with you in the sense that they really have to they have to build the team to enhance to for for Dave Roberts for his shortcomings, and that's a really weird position to be in. I mean, wouldn't you want someone that does it doesn't matter if you give them a good enough roster, they will figure it out and be able to manage them correctly. I mean, that, that is just so off putting, but I, but I do agree with you uh, on that. Um, I think that my, my final thoughts are this. Um, I don't think that the Dodgers need to do a complete overhaul of this roster. I don't think that um, I never thought that this team is good enough to win. It was good enough to win this year. It's good enough to win next year. They're going to be back in the playoffs. And I'm hoping that they add some role players, add some pieces there, add some fire and some flair to this roster that just desperately needs some fresh new blood, some hungry blood in there that by the time they get to the postseason, they can turn it on. Because what we've seen far too often is this sort of sleepwalk, not business as usual, even with their backs against the wall, there's no fire. I mean, even in 2020, we saw that fire when they were down 3-1. They were like, we're not losing this goddamn series. And there just was none of that the past two seasons. So I, I'm hoping that this loss to the Padres in the first round of the playoffs after winning 111 games will piss these players off to the point where once they get to the postseason, it won't be the same as last year. That's what I'm hoping for. And I think that the Dodgers obviously have the framework to make another run. So I'm not too worried about this offseason, but I do think that they need to add some key pieces that will kind of shake things up a little bit. My final thoughts are I'm not too concerned about what the Dodgers add at all. I want to see them play their prospects. Get Bobby Miller up here. Get Gavin Stone up here. Get James Outman up here. Give Vargas the chance to win the third base job. Get Michael Bush up here. Let these guys play. Give them a chance. Get some fresh blood in there. Give them all a clean slate to make the team and inject some life into this formerly lifeless in the postseason team. Because uh, that's, I that's, see, that's a hungry bunch right there, too. Yeah, I want to see these guys who are who are – not on their first contract yet. They're on arbitration. I want to see these guys who are who are fighting to earn a place in the league to get that first big contract bring the fire because they will. You know, the Dodgers this past season, they didn't have any of those guys. Pretty much everybody on the team outside of outside of Will Smith, Gavin Lux, uh, maybe one or two others in the bullpen, uh, they already got paid. Everybody on the Dodgers had already gotten paid. Uh, you know, you can say Trey Turner hadn't yet, but his arbitration salary was what $20 million a year. So yeah, I want to see these, these youth movement get a chance to play. What's the point of having one of the best farms in baseball. If you're not going to use them, release the Kraken, empty the clip. It's time to unload these guys. Let the kids play. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the incline Dodgers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the incline pod subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and please give us a five-star rating on the apple podcast machine 
We need your support and love. Everyone have a great and happy Halloween. That is coming up in a few days. Worst holiday. It's one of the best holidays. I don't Halloween know what you're talking about. Halloween sucks ass. <laughs> hater. Just a hater over here. Hate Halloween, dude. <laughs> well, on that note, have a great week, everyone. Go Dodgers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.